Yeshus HaRava Presidente, this week's Parsha, Parshas Shemos. Says the Alter Rebbe, the word Mitzrayim has a double meaning. Mitzrayim, we know, means Egypt, but it also means limitation, constriction, boundaries. Says David HaMelech, Min HaMetzar Karasiya, I call to God from the narrow, confining place. Mitzrayim refers to the inner limitations that prevents us from becoming the person that we'd be able to become. We each have our own Mitzrayim, arrogance, some people laziness, some people self-loathing, depression. When God took Am Yisrael out of Egypt, He placed in the world this capacity for everyone to have their own personal geulos from their own personal Mitzrayim, from their own personal confining places, their tsar. So we're in the Zman of Shovavim, which according to Arizal and Mikubalim, it's a time to transcend and rise above our limitations. These next several weeks during the Parshios of Shovavim, as the word itself means wayward ones. It refers to, it's an acronym for the Parshios that are coming in the, in the preceding weeks, but it also literally means wayward ones. Those who, have, who are off, sort of off, off the derech in some capacity. Moshe himself loses himself. Moshe was born in an environment totally unnatural to him and his essence. And he probably felt it. And he eventually did 100% felt it when he killed a Mitzri and he fled. He was pulled out of the water at birth. Hence his name. His name is an, it's, it's an Egyptian name. It means to pull out of the water. And finally, Hashem, so to speak, reaches out to him to pull Moshe out of Midian. He appears to Moshe as the burning bush. He calls out to Moshe to task him with a monumental task, maybe the greatest task ever given to anyone ever. And Moshe refuses because it's really scary. Moshe, so to speak, still in his Mitzrayim. He doesn't believe he can do it. And that's his tsar. His own personal perceived limitations, his own narrow-mindedness that he has to overcome. So what's the purpose of the tsar? Why do we need it? Why couldn't Hashem just give Yaakov and his family the Torah? Don't worry, stay in Israel. Yosef will come to you guys in Israel instead of you guys going to him in Egypt at the end of last week's Parsha, right? Yosef will come to you guys. He'll resign from his position as viceroy, as basically the king of Egypt the most powerful person. He's going to step down because what's more important than the Torah? He's going to come to Israel. You guys are going to have the Torah. Am Yisrael is going to begin. We can just skip all the steps. We'll build the base of Migdash right away. Fighter. Why can't we just do it that way? Why can't why can Hashem spare poor Moshe who himself, he doesn't think, like, I can't do this. I'm going to stand up to Paro. I can't even speak. Who am I? I'm nothing. He has tremendous humility, as we know. There's a, there's a nice story I heard about a basketball player named Michael Ray Richardson who played during an era in the NBA when drugs were, were more rampant than ever and many players were abusing cocaine and using it on a regular basis even before, during, and after games. And Michael Ray Richardson was, was uh, one of the most uh, uh, frequent users of, of, of that drug. And 
the commissioner at the time was very aware of all that was going on over here and the product on the court was suffering, right? The, the players weren't playing well, naturally, because they were abusing drugs and it was not good for business. So the NBA had to clamp down, both for that business reason and for the safety of its players. So David Stern said, there's a new rule. One strike and you're out. If you get caught using... You're out of the league. You're done. A lot of the players listened. They didn't want to lose their jobs. They didn't want to lose the tremendous opportunity to be in the best league in the world. So they stopped. But Michael Ray Richardson didn't stop. And Michael Ray Richardson got caught. And David Stern threw him out of the league. But it's important to note that Michael Ray Richardson was a tremendous player who was destined for greatness. He, was, he had all the tools to be something special. And he had an amazing future. He was a young guy, young basketball player, really sort of in the beginning of his career, entering his peak. And the sky was the limit for him until that limit was completely shut down. And that was it. Life is ruined. Now, if you're Michael Ray Richardson, what are you going to do now that you've just blown everything? You're probably going to go into a deep depression and spiral even further down. But while well, I'm not sure if he did or didn't do that in the initial stages after he lost his opportunity the NBA, I know what he did soon after was that he went and, and got a contract to play in Italy for, for, for a team in, in Italy in the European League to get a player of this caliber. Is, doesn't matter what he was doing. They, they'll take him. But it's not what they told him. They said, you got to stop. You got to stop doing what you're doing. Michael Ray Richardson listened. He ended up getting clean. Was he in the NBA? Never was in the NBA ever again. But he had a nice career in Italy. Beautiful place. He met a beautiful woman. He got married. He had children. Lived a solid life. Did pretty well for himself. One day, he goes to a basketball game. And he, he, uh, he, he passes by David Stern. He sees David Stern. He actually wants to go over to him. David Stern was the commissioner who threw him out of the NBA. He's walking towards David Stern. And David Stern is watching Michael Ray Richardson traipse toward, walk towards him. And he, he looks a little nervous. And David Stern's thinking to himself, what is this guy about to do to me? Do I need to call security? This guy's probably going to kill me. Well, Michael Ray Richardson approaches him. And he says, Commissioner Stern, yes, Michael, please don't hurt me. Michael said, I just wanted to say thank you so much for throwing me out of the NBA. I'm serious. Thank you so much for throwing me out of the NBA because if you didn't, I was probably on a path towards an even worse, an even worse result, which is death. So you saved my life. And now I have a beautiful family and a nice career. And really, my life is in an amazing place, and it would not have been had you not thrown me out of the league and put me in the darkest place I've ever been to in my life. So thank you. Thank you for my tsar, is what he was really saying. Says philosopher Eric Fromm, freedom isn't freedom from something. It's freedom towards something. Freedom isn't, I can do whatever I want. It's not freedom. Freedom is, is freedom towards something. That's what, the, what Mitzrayim is all about. To be freed from Mitzrayim. Not so we can go and do whatever we want. We have a purpose now. We're getting the Torah. 
We have to go to, to, to Eretz Yisrael, and we have to live by the Torah and serve the Rabbanah Shalom. What better purpose is there? There is none. To truly acquire Torah, to truly acquire a relationship with God, we need the Tsar. We need the challenge to overcome, to go after what true freedom really is. So it says the Orachayim HaKadosh, when the Pasuk says, kasam shamati, I, I have heard their outcry. Hashem ra'o ra'isi. It says Hashem saw, that he saw, but it says it twice. He saw that the time allotted to Klai Yisrael for, for Galus Mitzrayim hadn't yet ceased. Really the time hasn't run out yet for them to, to, to be free of Mitzrayim. However, he also saw something else. That's why it says it twice. He saw their affliction. He saw their pain. He saw the suffering that they were descending spiritually. But on the plus side, that all of the holy sparks and the tzoritzos that needed to be released, they were released in Egypt. Hashem saw that their mission really was complete and their suffering should end despite the fact that it wasn't really at the time. But first, there needs to be the outcry. I heard their outcry. They were crying out to God. They were reaching out to Hashem. And the Orchaim says something beautiful over here. I heard their outcry. Plural. Their outcry. From its oppressors. That's singular. Why the switch from plural to singular in the very same Pasuk? Referring to Klai Yisrael first in the plural. I heard their outcry. From its oppressors. Singular. Says the Orachayim that the reason the Lashon is plural when referencing the prayers of Klai Yisrael is because Hashem views each person's prayer individually, not as a unit, not its prayers. There, each and every one of their prayers I heard. Each person has a particular need and want and desire and motive. No two persons' pains or needs are alike. Each person has a unique relationship with Hashem and each person has to acknowledge and overcome their own individual tsar. But when it comes to our oppression, it says nokshav, because those who oppress us are the opposite. They view us as a unit, as singular. They stigmatize us. It's a very powerful idea. That really, what's the point of tsar? Tsar is the best thing. Tsar is the best thing. We need it to achieve true freedom, to really be free from the shackles of this world. Tsar is the is the pathway to do so, as we learn from this whole saga of Shovavim, of these Parshios, of Galus Mitzrayim, and eventually the Geula from Mitzrayim. This is what we learn from this. This is how we develop our relationship with the Rabbana Shalom. We should have no Tsaras, and we don't want Tsaras. We don't want to have difficulty. We should be able to achieve this relationship without difficulty. This is why we talked about the Fabrangan last night, that a lot of people, that for, a lot of, for most people, Having a lot of wealth, having a lot of comfort in this world is really the biggest challenge. It's really much harder to succeed in this world with a lot of comfort, with, with no worries. Zero worries, everything's perfect. All my, my loose ends are tied beautifully and cleanly and neatly. All my ducks in a row. That's a challenging existence. Because when we get into that place, then we have the ego comes in. I'm the man, I'm the king, I'm the best. Then we want kavod. And we forget that Hashem is the one who gave us all of that in the first place. We think it's the best thing and we think that's what we want. We want to win the lottery tomorrow. 
that the lottery is going to solve all our problems, but it often creates way more problems. And you can look up all the stories of the people who won the lottery. You can look it up. It's all the same. It's 99% of the time it's the same. So, Bezrat Hashem, we should have our own personal geulas, whatever we're going through, whatever our tsar is. Okay, we don't want to have the tsar. But God willing, we should get to the point where we overcome the tsar, we come out the other, other, other side of it, and we realize, wow, I would have never been in the place I'm in now, this way better place, had I not had the tsar. And then we, can, we're gonna, we should be zochah to thank Hashem for the tsars that we have and recognize that it's worthy of thanking Hashem for these tsars. Everybody have an amazing Shabbos.